Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. We are into the final hour of today's episode. Live Mike, episode number 251. That's pretty good. The first one of 2021. On today's episode, you have heard me spending a lot of time on the goings-on in Washington, D.C. Well, that's because it's so important. Well, it turns out it's not the only important thing taking place in the world of politics today. And to help me shoulder the load in covering what's going on, I welcome to the program good friend of mine, KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson, who joins me from uh, somewhere out there in Utah. Paul, how you doing and where are you? I don't know where I am. No, I'm crazy. This is I, the place I haven't had a chance to actually go before. This is the Territorial State House in Fillmore, Utah. Um, and this is where um, Spencer Cox is planning to make an appearance around 3 o'clock this afternoon. He's going to be signing executive orders. But on the way there, though, he has uh, quite a few stops, actually, that he's going to be making all along his caravan, making his way back up north to Salt Lake City. For example, at 12.15, uh, after the actual inauguration ceremony, uh, former Governor Gary Herbert and uh, Governor Cox had the traditional UHP sign-off, then sign-on, which is basically passing the torch from one governor to the next. And they've been doing this for, it's a tradition for a very long time. And so that was the first thing that they did. Uh, but here at 3 o'clock, you know, uh, Governor Cox is expected to sign some executive orders, maybe make a, a few brief uh, remarks, answer some questions. And then after that, he's making a trip to Fairview, which is where he and his wife have uh, property, where he's from. And then Spanish Fork, which is where Dieter Henderson is from. So uh, they're going to be seeing, you know, supporters and seeing their old, you know, um, their constituents along the way. And then eventually tonight, it's going to end with a fireworks ceremony around 730. And they're going to be watching from the Utah State Capitol building. That's great. Uh, Tell me about these executive orders. Are are they are these ceremonial things? I'm totally unaware that this was part of the day's proceedings. Do do you know anything about the substance of those orders? As far as what the orders are going to be, that we, we do not know just yet. But this is going to be a very brief stop. We were told that it's not going to – he might answer some questions and make just brief remarks. So we don't expect him to say much after that. Um, but as far as what they're actually going huh. to be, that is still kind of up in the air for right now. Fascinating. Uh, a little bit of crowdsourcing. If you uh, texters are out there listening and you're aware of some like ceremonial element to the day's proceedings, day one of a, a gubernatorial reign, is that how they phrase it? <laughs> Let me know five seven five five seven five zero zero. The gubernatorial reign of Spencer Cox commences today. Uh, what's he signing? What are those? Uh, what are those executive orders? Take us back to the beginning of the day. Where, where did your day start, uh, and where did the uh, where did the governor's day start? Well, the governor's uh, day, of course, started uh, uh, very early today. I mean, at nine thirty, people were 
being brought into the Tuacon Center and as far as uh, for the inauguration. Now, if anybody who saw, you know, the the actual ceremony on KSL, you've noticed that a lot, everybody was basically social distant, but um, all four of the uh, living governors were there to kind of uh, pay, uh, pay honor to Spencer Cox and to pay honor to Gary Herbert as well. And then uh, the actual ceremony itself, uh, started at 11 o'clock. We first watched uh, uh, Sean Reyes, uh, John Dougal. Those officials also took their oaths as well. Uh, but Deidre Henderson, she took her oath as, uh, before Spencer Cox did, and her remarks were very um, inclusive. She was talking about how this is not – they're not going to have token leadership in the state administration. They say they don't – she said that they don't want just to have like a woman's voice there just to have one. And they don't want a woman's voice just to talk about women's issues. They want to talk about um, basic bring everybody's voice to the table. And she said that's one of the things that they're going to be looking for is whose voice is not here. Who can, how can we lift everybody up? That was uh, one of the main points about her discussion. But did you hear how Spencer Cox introduced uh, Washington County uh, in his speech? Uh, Lee, did you have a chance to hear that? Because uh, that was uh, pretty funny. To uh, tell <laughs> Refresh my memory. I'm, yeah, I'm scrolling through my sound was, clips. We're going to walk through a, a bunch yeah. of what the now governor had to say. What do you say about Washington County? I, I thought it was funny when he started talking about the words of Parley P. Pratt, um, how he, when he first arrived at what is now Washington County, and he described it as rugged, stony, sandy country. Uh, he said it was a wide, expansive, chaotic, cheerless, grassless plains. <laughs> Basically, Parley P. Pratt uh, looked uh, described it as just um, I think Spencer Cox's words were in ruins um, after a pelting of storms, the terrible convulsions of some former age. And that's uh, when he said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Washington County. Um, but he equated that to uh, 2020. He said, if you think about it, those words can uh, be, u- be used to describe 2020. And just like people did with Washington County, they were able to overcome extreme hardship in order to actually make something flourish. And that was one of the first messages that he said in his address. Well, hopefully the the water that breathed life into Washington County way back when and continues to breathe life into it today, uh, if we take this analogy any further, uh, hopefully that can be the vaccine that makes its way into the into the arms of, of Utahns and Americans and uh, human beings across the globe, and we can enjoy the <laughs> we can enjoy the uh, what do they call a, a rose flourishing in the desert, something like that. A little more literal front. Uh, listen, there were I just have a minute left. Uh, we're speaking with KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson, who has been covering the inauguration of both now Governor Spencer Cox and Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson. There were a few historic moments today, a few firsts, both in terms of uh, the ceremony and the location. What can you tell us about that? Well, the ceremony today uh, happened like uh, we've been talking about in the Tuacan, um, excuse me, as I clear my throat, the Tuacan um, Amphitheater in Ivins. Now, after that, um, the photo shoot uh, of the four living governors, that was one of the most impressive things that happened here today. Um, And then the uh, the ceremonial uh, UHP sign-off or sign-on for the past 11 years, they say, that Governor Herbert led the Utah Highway Patrol. And so it's important, as per tradition, that he signed off and symbolically hand that responsibility over to Governor Cox. And so uh, just a lot of small events that were happening throughout the day. And matter of fact, his schedule seems to be very busy for the rest of the week. He's got events kind of lined up, uh, not just for today. Um, Let's see some of those things tomorrow. 
Um, he, there's going to be a limited chance to actually meet people because he's going to be um, scheduling a whole lot of other things. Um, let's see, Tuesday, let's see, Wednesday, he's got the unified command operation. He's meeting with his cabinet at 9 o'clock in the morning. He's meeting with educators on Wednesday morning as well. So it's just a very busy time uh, for Governor Cox as he tries to get kind of his feet under him in the new office. Hitting the ground running. Hopefully he's spending some time on getting these vaccines distributed. KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson. Thank you for your work today. Thanks for the report. Thank you. All righty. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, oh, it, someone helped me with the saying, it's the desert will bloom as a rose. That's right. Uh, I knew that, of course. Come on. Uh, thank you, Texter. We're going to take a break right now. You heard Paul Nelson make reference to some of the lines from the addresses delivered by now Governor Spencer Cox and Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson. The One of the firsts was that uh, it's surprising to, to Governor Cox when he learned this, that in all past inaugurations, the lieutenant governor has not given, been given time on the stage to deliver remarks. First time today we've heard from a newly minted lieutenant governor. What did she have to say? I'll share that with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I hope they throw the book at that pharmacist. If ultimately the proceedings play out and he's convicted of having intentionally destroyed all those doses... Here's the thing, the, the consequences of his act can be measured in dead bodies. I, I'm, on the, I'm on the pro-vaccine side of things. I know most of you are as well. And, and what he did is uh, egregious. Anyway, I don't mean to hijack the conversation, but uh, that piece of news in the newscast there delivered by Maria Chaleos caught my attention. Just wanted to weigh in on that. We'll, we'll follow that, that case as it makes its way through the courts. Uh, Anyway, uh, let's get to some brighter news, okay? Today, here in the state of Utah, we have inaugurated our 18th governor. 18th governor. And uh, let me just say this. uh, Tomorrow, next week, uh, later on down the road, that's the time when we can debate politics and uh, policy positions and how things are going in the administration. We'll, we'll get to that. You know, we had plenty of time during the election season to work through all of our differences on that front. And, you know, once the ball really gets rolling, uh, we can get back to it. But right now, today is a day of celebration, celebrating specifically the accomplishments of both Spencer Cox and Deidre Henderson and generally the fact that here in the state of Utah, when we conduct elections, the results are clear. And they're uncontested. And that is thanks to a system and a process which has been refined over time, specifically since 2013, if you look at it in the all-mail-in ballot era. We're lucky here in Utah. The elections here are uh, beyond reproach. And now that's not to say that'll always be the case, right? We have to have our eyes open. We need to be vigilant. There are procedures that ought to be followed but in this case today, on January 4th, we are uh, witnesses to a successful execution of the process. A successful and a peaceful transition of power from uh, the outgoing Herbert administration uh, to the now brand new Cox administration. It's a big deal and it gets me excited. I am uh, pleased that we are able to do this. And if I'm honest, from uh, like an entertainment standpoint, I thought the setting this morning at the Tuacon Center of Arts in Irvins, that's near St. George, where 
both Governor Cox and Lieutenant Governor Henderson took their oaths and the uh, various other statewide office holders took their uh, oaths of office to see those beautiful rocks in the background and to hear the history of that earth uh, as it was <laughs> as it was first settled and how water was an issue and that hurdle overcome. There was symbolism and beauty all around. And the music, shoot, the music was great. I joked around during that first musical performance with some folks here in the newsroom. I said, how, how the, I didn't have a full agenda. I said, how, uh, how are they able to do something like this without including David Archuleta? Lo and behold, <laughs> about, about 35, 40 minutes later, there's David Archuleta singing uh, a beautiful song there amongst the Red Rocks. All right. The, the most important events of the day came as... Uh, the governor and lieutenant governor took their oath of office. It started with Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson taking the oath sworn in there in southern Utah. I state your name. I, Deidre M. Henderson. Having been elected to the office of lieutenant governor. Having been elected to the office of lieutenant governor. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support, obey, and defend. That I will support, obey, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of this state. And the Constitution of this state. And that I will discharge the duties of my office. And that I will discharge the duties of my office. With fidelity. With fidelity. I I play that for you intentionally. It's not just a fill time here on the radio. And I'm going to play Governor Cox's oath as he uh, repeats it as well. And I do so intentionally. Because the words contained within are important to, uh, to you and to me and especially to the office holder who speaks those words. And it will be our responsibility to remember those words as it is their responsibility as well. Our responsibility because we need to hold them accountable for the pr- promises that they make in swearing those oaths. The same applies for your federally elected leaders. The same goes for anyone who raises their arm to the square and places their hand atop some sacred text and makes a promise to this country, to this state, to you and to me. Today is a big festival and a big ceremony and there is music and there will be fireworks tonight. But when it all comes down to it, it's the swearing of that oath. That's the most important part of the day. Without that, there's no contract. There's no agreement between them and us. There's no agreement between the elected and the electors. But we have that. And you just heard Deidre Henderson, lieutenant governor, make a promise to you. She continued in her remarks uh, after her swearing in, talking about women's rights here in the state of Utah and their ability to vote. Like any noteworthy occasion, today is an opportunity to process this moment while both looking backward and forward in time. And that's especially true now, as we gather on the very day that Utah became a state 125 years ago. Those first leaders of our state demonstrated answerable courage when they risked the very statehood they sought by including women's rights in the state constitution. Lieutenant Governor Henderson, she said a lot during her address today, and I don't have time to play it for you in its entirety. If you were lucky enough earlier to be listening here to KSL News Radio, you've already heard these remarks. Uh, But if you haven't, 
my invitation to you is uh, make your way to the KSL News Radio Facebook page and listen to them, or go to kslnewsradio.com. Uh, hearing these remarks in their entirety is important uh, because. The, the words spoken by these elected officials speak uh, to their character, to their intentions, and also to their understanding of the oath they took. Uh, we're going to move on to some of the words shared by Governor Cox in just a moment. Uh, but first, here are the closing statements uh, by now Lieutenant Governor Henderson. In a statement to the Utah Constitutional Convention in 1895, Emmeline B. Wells said, Every age has its rising and its setting sun. I believe that as Utah comes out of a difficult day, or more precisely, a long string of difficult days, we are now turning our faces to a rising sun. I'm confident that if we meet our day with answerable courage, we will win through to ultimate victory, even though winds and hardships may beset us. And if we remember to lift all Utahns in the process, marching forward as one Utah, we shall not be denied. Just a few moments left before I need to take a break. I want to, before we go, though, I want you to hear, as I mentioned, the importance of the oath sworn by these two elected officials and the other statewide officials uh, elected to office. They all took their, uh, swore their oath. And here, uh, maybe the most important moment of the day, uh, here is Spencer Cox, on the 125th anniversary of Utah's statehood being sworn in as the state's 18th governor. Listen to these words. Do not forget them. It is a promise being made by this man to this state, and he's making that promise to us. It's our responsibility uh, to keep an eye on what he does as the chief executive of this state and ask ourselves if the actions he undertakes going forward fulfill the promises he makes right here. I state your name. I, Spencer J. Cox. Having been elected to the office of governor. Having been elected to the office of governor. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support, obey, and defend. That I will support, obey, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of this state. And the Constitution of this state. And that I will discharge the duties of my office. And that I will discharge the duties of my office with fidelity, with fidelity. Remember that promise here before the news is the closing statement by Governor Cox, as he uh, moments earlier had been sworn in as Utah's 18th governor. I come to you from the smallest of small towns and the humblest of circumstances in taking a sacred oath today. My family and I pledge our hearts and our hands to you these next four years. We will succeed together as one Utah. Let's go. Let's go. Quick break. Some news. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Utah State Representative Walt Brooks from St. George. We're talking to him, though, about guns, specifically a piece of legislation dealing with constitutional carry. I'll explain it all next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. 
it was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.